Welcome to J-Rod Concerts, the podcast with Jamie Rodriguez. A trip of music discovery, Jamie is picking people he thinks you'll really like. Musicians, artists, producers, and everyone involved in the world of music. Here's your host, Jamie Rodriguez. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my distinct pleasure to welcome you to a really, really special episode of J-Rod Concerts, the podcast. Hello, everybody. This is your host, this and every episode, Jamie Rodriguez, guys. And we welcome today one of the most prolific singer-songwriters in Music City, Nashville, Tennessee, Caitlin Rose, to the show. Caitlin, um, you may remember her if her name sounds familiar. She released one of the most iconic albums, really, of um, of 12 years ago now, called On Side Now. And she just re-released it uh, last year with a really beautiful vinyl. She also performed uh, an album-like celebration show in late November that I attended. It was packed house in Nashville. Everyone was there celebrating this wonderful piece of work. And Caitlin, she's just an incredible, incredible storyteller. Nobody like her. Great humor. Um, but her songs are just, they just cut to the soul in a way that really very few people do. And I'm talking about Nashville. So these are heavy words, but man, just loved having Caitlin here on the show, guys. Uh, her vocal performances have been led to comparisons like Loretta Lynn, Patsy Cline, and Iris Dement. And... Um, she also has another great studio album called The Stand-In, which was released in 2013. So check her out, guys. So Caitlin joins the show. We talk a little bit about the legacy of the album, about the early success that she encountered, a little bit about uh, this um, this show in November, uh, celebrating the album, uh, a little bit about her family background. So it was just a great, great chat with Caitlin, and we hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, Caitlin has a great Patreon channel which for those of you that may not know it's like a fan club where you kind of like um you support the artist directly uh and the artist gives you access to incredible material and caitlin is no exception her patreon gives you access to her uh special live recordings demos and a whole bunch of other goodies you can find out more about this on her website caitlinrose.com as well as order the 10 year anniversary vinyl reissue get t-shirts get a lot of cool stuff but yeah glad to have caitlin on the show I think she's uh, building something special, and we'll, we're going to hear more about her in the next coming months. But without further ado, guys, we welcome you to the show. This is Caitlin Rose on J-Rod Concerts, the podcast. Caitlin, we've been waiting such a long time to have you on the show, I have to tell you. I mean, obviously, you know, we saw you recently, obviously, perform on site now in, in its entirety. Uh, 10th anniversary. <laughs> we got, we came close. We came close, yeah. You know, obviously, um, the 10th anniversary show. And, you know, Caitlin, I have to tell you, I'm so bummed out on, like, crappy music that when you remember, like, what really good music sounds like live, you just got to go and, like, rave about it. It's, it's, I have a responsibility here, Caitlin. Okay. That, uh, that makes me feel better about that show. <laughs> it was, a, you know what? It was, it was a great show, and I think it's an amazing accomplishment, the resonance that your music has had, and this album in particular. I mean, even what's that song I love? I love so much your old song, uh, "Answering One of These Bottles." That's from your uh -huh. from your um, debut EP, "Dead Flowers." Right? I mean, it's so your whole thing is so good, and um, awesome. yeah, that's 
awesome that you even have that. I love that. Oh, absolutely, Caitlin. Oh, it's an honor to have you on the show. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Sure, sure. And for my audience, you know, you have to understand Caitlin's life in order to understand why this music is such an amazing accomplishment, right? And, um, and yes, so, so I have to tell you, Caitlin, like when I think about, um, when I think about, uh, you know, you performing at six years old in Dallas and you're performing oh, like, no, 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 no. Yeah, and you're performing with your dad from early on. I mean, and your parents are musicians as well. But how old were you, Caitlin, when you like first realized that you wanted to do this for a living, that you wanted to build on that and like do your own thing as well? Well, I definitely didn't perform with my dad. Okay. Not well, actually, it, you know, at a certain when I was like 17, I did some stuff with him for fun. He had a little band, but I never I went to the shows. Sometimes I went to some of his shows. Sure. Uh, and my mom's a songwriter, but back she never really did any of that until she was in her late 30s interesting right yeah she's an inspiration um and yeah my dad always you know he started playing guitar when he was like seven so yeah. he's a great guitarist um can't say he got to impart a lot of that on me but as far as you know being young and being exposed to live music that definitely happened yeah um, he, he had a lot of friends who played and they would play at the house a lot and i was always definitely around it but yeah, I never, I didn't start playing until I was 16, I think. There you go. And he got me my first guitar. And then I started playing shows, you know, with mm -hmm. bands I was friends with because I was sick of just going to shows. Yeah. Perfect. I love that. So you <laughs> never really had that, like you're a little go-getter. I love that. And you never had that pressure, right? Of like, okay, my mom is, my dad is Johnny. My mom is Liz you know, like they were successful. They, there was never any expectation on your shoulders. Like you basically, it was very organic is what you're saying. It was very separate. Yeah. Then. Yeah. I, I love that. I love that. And, you know, Caitlin, and, and correct me if I'm wrong. I do sense that, I get the sense that like your desire for your music is like to have a huge impact, but you're also a little bit like, you know, a, a little like shy, if you will. Like, am I right or am I wrong? You got it. I got it, right? Okay. And so here's the thing, like, and, and here's uh, related to that. Here is why I think that Onside Now is such an amazing accomplishment, Caitlin. There are a ton of these kids, you know, who grew up in musical families around Nashville and the music community, and they grow up wanting to do music, but they do the complete opposite. And they do pop, or they'll put like that pop, uh, pop album. Mm -hmm. And what you did, and the reason why this album just gets more timeless and you're, you're leaving like a really big mark is you, bring, you brought the light into the roots of, and tradition of country into a new generation, right? Like, did you, did you realize you were doing this when you were doing it? Well, I never had aspirations to do the other thing. Um, right. Because it's not what I liked. I, I, you know, my favorite bands were bands like Against Me and... Yeah. Um, like really small sort of folk punk artists from Bloomington. Like it wasn't, you know, being a pop star was never really in the cards. So yeah. the music I was making was very much in the vein of the music scene I was in, which was a lot of suburban kids wanting to be anarchists. So I, <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, it's very different. I love and I, that. I never really was a big pop person either so when I got into country music I also was bringing in a lot of you know like I had a 
had an Indian, like a Bollywood pop phase. I had Japanese anime theme song phase. I had bikini yeah. phase. And it, not just phases, but those are things that I ingested and really ingest is wrong. Um, sounds like poison, but I think like, <laughs> yeah, right, right. I absorbed, I absorbed a I lot, a lot of stuff. Um, yeah. But you know, mainstream pop music wasn't really ever one of them. Yeah, so it absolutely. Real weird if I'd gone that route. <laughs> yeah, totally. And, and let me here play a couple seconds for my audience of what I'm talking about. I mean, this is like, it's just like. Who's gonna take me home? You know, like this is something that the world needs. Yeah, sorry about that. I mean, it, but like for my audience, that's what the world needed at that point. But um, but yeah, so so that's what Caitlin was ingesting at that, at that time. point. I just said I'm gonna make a Linda Ronstadt record, but I'm not Linda Ronstadt, so it turned out <laughs> like that. I learned how to because a lot of the first songs I wrote, which even Dead Flowers has like Shotgun Wedding and yeah, a lot of words. <laughs> I was doing lyric sheets for some of my patrons on Patreon. And I realized that at certain point, I learned how to stop putting so many words in a song and trying to sort of simplify to a more just classic songwriting approach. Yeah. This record is when it clicked because before that it was just, mm. how many syllables can we fit in a verse? Right. Had I known I was going to have to write them all down for people, um, I would have scaled it back. But. I love that. Yeah, that's wonderful. That makes complete sense, Caitlin. And okay, you mentioned Linda Ronstadt and, you know, all these influences. And you also mentioned that, you know, you had like your punk face and all this. You were surrounded by like the traditional country icons all your, all your life, but only when you were older did like it really click how much you loved them, right? And you and I think you've talked about like how you were with an ex-boyfriend and like that's when like it made sense for you. Do you remember like when it clicked for you? I've told this story a few times, but a big part of it was because I was a big Mountain Goats fan, which is John Darnielle, um, right. who's an icon and a great dude. <laughs> but he, you know, like that, that was one of the artists who I was like clamoring for really rare stuff and live covers and all this stuff because I was such a big fan. But he, um, I think he covered... It wasn't Tonight the Bottle Let Me Down. It was... <laughs> had um, some country covers and at a certain point I bought a George Jones record to go find that and then yeah. I realized Linda Ronstadt was cutting all these songs and when I was a kid I was you know we had an oldie station 96.3 mm -hmm. and Kathy Klein was the one I would you know call in and request and they said who is this tiny child who knows how to use a telephone but <laughs> country music was always there but definitely when I was 18 or 19 I I was kind of moving into a more mature version of songwriting Yeah, because I'd been doing it for five years and I was like, I, I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm just yeah. doing it. Yeah. And country music was the thing that kind of showed me how to do that. Yeah. Uh, and focus on an idea and not so much, you know, temporary feelings like what's in my diary. It was more like, right. how do I write something really compelling and engaging for everyone and not just yeah. my you know whiny little baby heart oh my god I love that and you certainly did that I mean because obviously you know and, and when the album when this album came out 12 years ago now I think I mean 
it was in, instant like everybody loved it everybody loved it caitlin i mean um, the, the independent the bbc enemy it was like instantaneous what was that time like caitlin like when all this like flurry of like raving like light came onto you and people were calling you the next loretta lynn and like all these kinds of crazy stuff was it almost like a little bit like a little bit like whoa breather like i'm just making art here like how did that feel like for you i think i definitely realized uh the power of a buzzword yeah it, you know when people say like you're like the new loretta lynn or you're like the new patsy klein and you're saying <laughs> <laughs> not that it's an insult but it's just so funny the way people feel like they need to and that's music journalism a yeah. lot of them. it's just about finding touchstones and you know those were my touchstones yeah uh, but it, it's a little bit of pressure when you have a 70-year-old English man asking you, uh, you know, I hear you're the future of country music. <laughs> and I didn't feel, I didn't really feel that way because country was something that I used a lot when I was younger, 18, 19, sort of, yeah. irrev you know, not in a serious, like a serious way, but what else you, you say, like your alt country or your, it's just exhausting to sort of like, to to sort of niche when what you're doing is basically country music. And at some point it wasn't, but people kept running with it. So that was always funny to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Feeling so, feeling so, and I think country music now is allowed to be very flexible, especially in kind of the indie country world, which mm -hmm. we didn't used to say indie country. So no, but you opened the door to I that. Everybody was just like, sort of like, whoa, like I like country music. That's crazy. So that was, yeah strange I, I, to navigate exactly and that's one of the legacies that, that that you opened the door for that you were one of the first people that is like oh my god you have this really awesome cool chick badass and she's like singing like this like that's one of the things you things you did caitlin and um okay so obviously that record like great what that makes me feel great well that's oh my god like you're totally like you, like your album reminds me of like i don't know like jagged little pill and albums that really like left like a legacy it's really it's wow. really great it was, totally. a quiet, it was a quiet legacy. And it's still building, I'm telling you. Um, and that's why, like, at the show, like, I went, there was such respect in the air. It was wonderful. So, Caitlin, obviously, this album kicks off. And then, like, you know, within a month, you're 23 years old, Caitlin, and you're touring, like, Europe. Like, I remember, like, in research, like, one day you're in Manchester, the next day you're in Sheffield, London, back to back. Like, how was it at 23 to, like, okay, be, be able to spread this joy with your art? But also, like, like, were you petrified, like, or were you like, or did you feel like at home on stage? I was very tired. You were very tired. Um, it's I never really traveled before that, so I, I never, I, you know, never got to cultivate any kind of um, routine for that or knowledge sure. of that. It's sort of like I got thrown in a van, and then I was in a van. Uh, not really knowing anything about and being too tired to really take it in and being um it's very isolating yeah it's a so lot of emotions sometimes the shows at that point the shows ended up being the times when i felt connected and kind of sane um but it was it was very weird but the yeah. best thing about england is you can do a whole tour uh in two weeks so yeah yeah. It, it could have been a lot weirder if it had been a bigger um, splash, you know? So it was sort of small scale for kind of, I think, what other people have, what other people mm. do. But 
you know, I was really young, so it's probably a good thing. Yeah. But you don't get those butterflies, right, Caitlin, or do you? Because, you know, I've heard people like Chris Martin say they still do get, like, fearful on stage. They just learn how to manage it. And and I've heard others that feel like that's when I feel the most me. I definitely become the most me. Um, but, you know, that show the other day, I hadn't played a show in four years. So it, I, I was petrified and very not great. <laughs> It wasn't great. I mean, you saw me after the show, so I'll just I'll leave that um, to, to to the mystery. But it it's not hard to play a show. It's hard when you're not when you don't feel prepared. And you know that was one where I didn't feel prepared. Mm. So that's when they're hard. When you're prepared, they're amazing and they're fun, and I love them. But you know, I say a lot more weird shit when I'm not feeling prepared. Well, you were really funny. And and that was one of the things am, that like that's one of my saving graces. I am funny. It's like you are like that's one of the things that people don't know about Caitlin Rose. You're gonna cry with the songs, you're gonna feel stuff, and you're gonna laugh. It's like it's and a whole experience. Kind of because I'm gonna say a few things that make literally no sense, which then I will remember <laughs> for the rest of my life. It was uh, you did great, Caitlin. Oh no, you, you did wonderful. And one of the cool things about that show, and, and, and let me ask about that is you had this um like the whole community was there for you, Caitlin. And just looking back in, in, in Nashville, everywhere you go, when you say the name Caitlin Rose, whether you're in the basement East or you're in East Nashville or you're or Madison, wherever, everyone always smiles and everyone says, man, she's wonderful. I love her. Can you talk to us a little bit, Caitlin, about, about that, the human connection that, you've, that, you, ha that you have made here with, that, with the community? I didn't know it was like that, so. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't go very many places. There's some, there's some people who have, you know, known me a really long time, like 15 years of, you know, me doing this and people who knew me when I was like underage and playing in bars and stuff like that, that feels really good. Cause a lot of those people showed up to the show and I hadn't yeah. really anticipated that. And there is definitely um, a sense of community, but the last five or six years, it feels, you know, disjointed because I don't really know the city very well anymore, especially after COVID and not really going anywhere. And right. Uh, but yeah, that show was a really good reminder of connection and, and knowing those are still there and knowing absolutely support me. I didn't, I didn't really have that feeling for a long time. So that, that was maybe the best part of that show for me was feeling yeah. like, Oh yeah. Absolutely, Caitlin. And thank you. You're being so good with your time. Thank you. Let me just ask you a couple more questions. Thanks so much, Caitlin. I'm having um, a great time, so you're fine. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So, I mean, the, the industry has changed so much since you came out with this album. And, and, and for like, for example, just like the social media aspect and the TikTok and the fact that like you have to be like your own like PR person now and you have to like be your own like marketer. Like, how do you feel about that, Caitlin? Because I feel like you're so into like the art itself. Like, is it like almost like a little bit too many hats to wear? I mean, I haven't done it in almost 10 years. I mean, the stand-in's going to be 10 next year, yeah. which is like kind of sad. But um, I've got a new record done and, and it's a little daunting. But uh, for the most part, I feel like I'm not really able to do things in a way that I don't feel comfortable doing. Yeah. Um, like, I'm not going to get a selfie stick and do TikToks. Uh, Right. So it's just, it's not going to happen. And, you know, I'm, I can give a little, but 
the way people, um, what people are doing to accomplish whatever they're trying to accomplish just looks like something I never really would be capable of. Um, but there are certain things I've done that I really enjoy. Like I have a Patreon yeah. and I write posts and I, and I share things and it feels really personal. The stuff that I think people have to do now isn't personal. It's just content. It's just there. It's just a hundred percent. And um, that's never been easy for me, but making connections and really, you know, being available to people in a way that's not just like, yeah, here's my, here's my highly curated version of myself. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm, no one can curate me. I've tried. It's, it's too hard. You're too beautifully complex in the best way. And I mean that in the, in, in the best way, you know what I mean? So that's a very nice word for it. Thank you so much. It's true. Well, it's true. It's true, Caitlin. And uh, okay. So, so, so let me leave you with that. You know, uh, how is Caitlin Rose today? You know, how have you evolved, not as an artist, because your artistry has always been top notch, but like as a human, what is something that that you shed that you in the past couple of years that you've worked through that you no longer carry with you? Because you look great. The energy around you at the five spot was great. I can feel you right now. It's like, like, what have you worked on within yourself that you're no longer carrying with you? There's a few things, uh, some maybe too personal, some- Sure. Yeah, know, whatever you wanna you know, share. I mean, one one thing that I think I've shed is maybe a need for certain people to like me. Uh, maybe also, you know, 34 delusions of grandeur where you're like, what's gonna happen? Um, because I have a really, I had a really great run of this very young thing. Mm -hmm. So I think what I'm realizing is uh, trying to hold on to, I guess, that wunderkind kind of like, she's only 23 and she's right. It's That was such a mind fuck for a long time because it, sure. made, it made everything seem a lot more temporary. Um, and it made things seem like you know, if you're not young and doing this, which I think is a bigger issue for women than men most of the time. Um, if you're not doing this and you're not still of this age that, you know, things get awkward, but yeah. things are awkward for me no matter what. So I'm just sort of relaxing into um, not being able to sort of block out things that I know aren't gonna be good for me. A lot yeah. of, a lot of ways, you know, like you stop following accounts that make you feel like shit, you stop. Yeah you know, trying to figure out, like, you stop searching for negativity, which that's what I'm really trying to do. Because sure. I was a person who loved reading bad reviews. So yeah, <laughs> there weren't many. Right. Well, you know, yeah. our, our brains, our brains are developed, like for survival, going back to the instincts, like we're, we're, we're wired to look for what's going to kill us. So, so we have to actually like force <laughs> ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. So we have to actually train ourselves to look for the good or else we're always going to gravitate to the bad. Okay. So I'm halfway there then because I I'm love it. not looking for the bad, but I haven't quite gotten over to the good side. Amazing. Amazing. So that's, that's a mental note for me. Thank you. C Caitlin, Caitlin Rose. Look, I could talk to you for 17 hours. All <laughs> I can tell you is, look, you're an amazing artist and what you did is awesome. And that opened the door, but like you're gearing for like a new chapter, like a new season of your life and of your artistry. And like, I just can't feel it bubbling and we cannot wait. And we're so honored that you're here in Nashville. And thank you so much, Caitlin. You're so nice. Thank you. 
no, thanks for having me. I appreciate. I'm glad this worked out. Yeah, absolutely. And we look forward to the next time. Okay. See ya. Bye. This has been J Rod Concerts, the podcast with Jamie Rodriguez.